Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. What's up, geoholics? This is Dr. Nick Smolowski bringing you another Bad Elf Tech Minute. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, blockchain technology. If you don't know what blockchain technology is, it is the thing that powers cryptocurrencies. And if you've been following the market, for an example, Bitcoin recently has gone over $40,000 a coin and been fluctuating since. That's not what we're going to be talking about today, but it is similar technology. Recently, the company Orbit Logic was awarded a Phase 1 Small Business Technology Transfer contract by NASA uh, to develop a space communication reconstruction and mapping with blockchain ledgering. This is a acronym SCRAMBLE. Basically, they've been hired to use blockchain technology uh, to help operate and manage constellations of satellites. Um, so not only will financial markets be... Um, uh, be leveraging these blockchain technologies, but also space-borne networks will be as well. If you are at all interested in blockchain, cryptocurrency, or this new NASA project, please feel free to email me. My name is Nick, and you can email me at nick at bad-elf.com. That's N-I-K at bad, B-A-D-elf.com. Love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Just a quick note to express our appreciation for the 2021 Friends of the Program for their continued support. Please consider their products and services as they have special promos for Geoholics listeners. Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, cyanicautomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, get kids into survey, get kids into survey.com, Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com, Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu forward slash land dash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, and last but not least, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com. Absolute classic right there. That's a good intro song. Oh right my there. goodness. I was so excited when our guest this evening said he was a Sticks fan. And uh, yeah, you heard that right. If you're a guest on the show, you get to help pick out the music, which is pretty fun. Um, welcome back, everyone. This is episode 67. What do you got, Shoots? I got Randall McDaniel. Do you guys oh, wow. remember him from He's the a Vikings? Lineman? Offensive? He, was a gu- he was a guard. Guard, yep, that's right. Yep. Um, he wasn't the first choice, even though he's a Hall of Famer from everybody, but mm-hmm. uh, 1988 first-round pick, number 19 overall out of Arizona State University. Oh, that's He's a right. local guy. Go Devils. So I had to take him there. Uh, 12-time Pro Bowler, nine times first-team All-Pro. That's impressive. Wow. Yep. Uh, NFL 100th anniversary all-time team, and like I said, he was a Hall of Famer, class of 2009. Who was he? Was he protecting who then? 
That wasn't Fran Tarkington. Was it I that long ago? I don't know. You're, I that, don't know. you're that old. I, was, I am. I was but three I just, when I mean, I know. Drafted, so. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> uh, we are, of course, recording live and in person from the Cobb Fenley Susu Studio. By the way, if you happen to be in Arizona and want to come down and hang out with us on a Tuesday night, please do. We'd love to buy you a couple beers for sure. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There may or may not be something in the works that is going to allow us to record live with a virtual audience in addition to our weekly guests. This could be absolutely mind-blowing. Guess what? The new brand of Bill's Hats came in today, and they are awesome. If you'd like one, it's pretty simple. Go to patreon.com, search for the Geoholics, become a patron, and Bob's your uncle. A Geoholics fan pack will be headed your way. That includes the OG hat. Get it? Original Uh Geoholics hat. We we picked uh, up on that one. Yep, yep. And uh, along with a bunch of other really cool stuff. Um, So, yeah. Way to to tickle everybody's backside uh, with a feather. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Producer Jake, tell us about that opening number. I mean, I know you're on cloud nine tonight with this new soundboard. Totally am. So hopefully you can hear us a little different. But So that was Too Much Time on My Hands by Styx. And they're an American rock band from Chicago that formed in 1972 and is best known for melding hard rock guitar with acoustic guitar and synthesizers mixed with acoustic p- piano. Um, the band established itself with a progressive rock sound in the 1970s and began to incorporate pop rock and soft rock elements in the 1980s. Um, they had eight songs that hit the top 10 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, as well as 16 top 40 singles and have over 54 million records worldwide. Real quick now, what's yep. your favorite stick song? Uh, Mr. Roboto. Uh, all right. Our guest, mystery guest, what's your favorite stick song since you picked them? Uh. Uh, it's got to be Calm Sail Away. Oh, man. Classic. What about you, Jake? Uh, too much time on my hands. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only one he knows. <laughs> I'm going to go romantic with the little lady. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that you had some uh, romantic times with that in your past. Yeah, huh? no. no. <laughs> that was a little past my prime. That was before Randall McDaniel. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. As you guys know by now, each week we feature one of our friends of the program, and this week it just so happens to be Cobb Fenley. So who better? Then to talk about Cobb Fenley, but one of their very own, very own. So uh, a little bit about Cobb Fenley. Cobb Fenley was formed in Texas in 1980 to provide professional engineering and land surveying services. Founder John Otis Cobb and William Fenley have seen Cobb Fenley grow into a top ranking firm that offers a range of integrated professional services that support value and quality based solutions for our public and private sectors. From the beginning, the firm's project management approach has emphasized effective communication with a commitment to quality, integrity, and engineering excellence. Cobb Fenley's work history was built on private utility relocations and over the last 40 years has expanded its capabilities to include fundamental and specialized services needed to complete the most innovative infrastructure projects from a single as-built to multi-million dollar highway improvements. Cobb Fenley has experts for any project. Cobb Fenley offers a regional presence with 12 offices throughout Texas and additional locations in New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Washington, and Florida. Cobb Fenley's mission is to collaborate with employees and clients to provide engineering solutions that further our commitment to growth in the community. Here's the catch, here's the catch line right here. At Cobb Fenley, we collaborate, we commit, we build communities. And last but not least, cannot fail to mention this. If you apply for a position at Cobb Fenley, 
be sure to put Kent Grow in the referral box. Shameless plug. Don't <laughs> Shameless to plug, it. right. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. I've always wondered this. With companies, how do you decide if, if, if it's cob friendly? Is it just by alphabetic? Like... Why isn't, why isn't it Fenley Cobb? I don't know. I'll put you in touch with Otis. Like if we were... I'm Kelly. almost positive it is alphabetic. Yeah. Like when you talk about like law firms, the yeah. partners, I'm almost positive. Question. So we'd be like Grow Kelly, not Kelly Grow. Whoa, what about me? Oh, <laughs> I got to throw the Ivy in there. Like, <laughs> so Grow Ivy Kelly. There yeah. we go. It gets a little wordy then. G-I-K. Grow Ivy <laughs> Industries. And, Ke- and Kelly Incorporated. Right. Do we cheat them and how? <laughs> oh my God. All right. Time for the weekly pod word. And uh, to go along with Cobb Fenley, really easy. It's Sue, S-U-E, for S-U-E. Subsurface Utility Engineering. So this week's pod word is Sue. All right, so this is our last episode for January. So I want to make sure this is clear to everybody. Here's how this is going to work, folks. Um, I don't want there to be any confusion. We've released four episodes this month, including this one. I provided a pod word during each episode. Simply email us all four pod words for January Here's the important thing. Before 5 p.m. MST on Tuesday, February 2nd, which is our next show. We're Groundhogs. And we will draw a name live on that evening's show for this month's prize, which is a $100 Amazon gift card. It's really that simple. Hopefully, I've made that clear. Is Jake eligible to win? Jake is not. No. Oh. I was going to say, I know all the four. <laughs> he, he, could, he could do an end around of some sort, but he... He himself is not. Um, but I will say this, just, and you guys don't even know this, just wait till next month's uh, prize. It's, it's a sure. <laughs> it's awesome. It's going to be amazing. So let's see how this goes this month and uh, really looking forward to next month. Let's catch up with the boys just a little bit. Uh, PJ, what's new besides the soundboard? Um, let's see. Yep. New soundboard. Hopefully we sound a little better. Um, we got to plug our Patreon a little bit. Uh, we got those new hats we just talked about a little bit and, um, I've been challenged, so I don't get, I don't, I'm just like everyone else. I don't get a free hat. So <laughs> I need someone to help me out here because only patrons or friends of the program are going to get the hat. So I need someone to, um, sign, sign up. up for the Patreon on my behalf. Help me out here. So help me get a hat so I can have it for next episode. And here, in the referral box, you put producer Jay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And, and here's the thing. I don't know how familiar everyone is with Patreon. I'm fairly new to it myself. But you can be a patron for as little as $5 a month. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really simple. It's pennies on the dollar, boys. Exactly, exactly. What you got, Shoots? Um, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up, but the Super Bowl is coming up in two weeks. And mm. Jake's beloved Chiefs are in it. Yep. And the back uh, to back, everybody's favorite Hudson Geoholic is yep. a huge fan of Tampa Bay. Oh, nice! Yep. So friendly wager. We're gonna throw out a little wager. One Lego here. set. I, I've I've been. That's part of it. I've I've uh, been I thinking like about this one. We get Jake gets a bottle of Pink Whitney. Nice. If if the Chiefs win, yep. but, but he gets the three points, we can't be. That's fine. Okay. I'll give it to him. And then you just get a, a comparable Lego set. Sure. I, I I said if he if he wants to take the money line, then he gets your ISS set. Oh man, oh. that'd be too much. That'd be too <laughs> much. Oh, I've, awesome. I've been debating this thing in my head for like three days now. So have you ran up by uh, Huddy? Oh yeah, he's in. He's in. All right, one hundred percent. What good. what what's he gonna lose? The one I, thing I, 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 is he gonna go by the pink Whitney? <laughs> <laughs> His I allowance. Would, I would only add this: if the line moves mm-hmm. in Tampa's favor, he should get that. Okay. Between now and the game, that's fine by me. 
But I, I, the I don't other, know if it'll move. It may Maybe have. slightly. Well, there'll be a lot of money the, on it. The over-under has been sliding around, but the yeah, other thing that, that I had in my head, an idea, you know, the money line versus the ISS set, I thought that was a little hefty, but the other yeah. one is take the money line. If he loses, we get him the Pink Whitney and he has to drink it on the air. Oh, Ooh, we get Chicago thing. Jake. Wow. We should do air. that. All right. We got a couple <laughs> weeks to uh, debate this, but I love the idea. It's awesome. Very what about cool. you? Um, what am I going to do here? Uh, I just actually I just want to give a shout out to uh, Uncle Trent Keenan and uh, Mentoring Mondays. We were asked to part- participate in this past week's show to talk about safety, and I can't tell you how impressed I was with the other presenters and just the variety of virtual participants. Um, this is a great opportunity for anyone involved in the survey profession to connect with and, and learn from one another. Check out Mentoring Mondays at mentoringmondays.xyz and be sure to tell them you heard about it on the Geoholics. It was impressive of like the very participation cool. towards the end where Absolutely, everybody just started chiming in. Absolutely. I really enjoyed that. Um, hopefully Speaking of that, who was, our, who was another guest on there? Who was another guest on there? Matthew Stansberry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just friends of the program. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of that, let's do the Safety Apparel Safety Share. That was called a segue right I like there. it. You I tried. Teed it up. <laughs> well, with the uh, recent rain and freezing, mm. quote unquote, weather here in Arizona, mm. I have six tips for working safely in cold weather. Okay. Uh, first one, stay well nourished by eating and drinking enough. Easy enough. You should do that anyway mm-hmm. all the time. Stay well rested. Uh, plan breaks from the cold, just like the sun here. Stay dry. That's a huge one. Easy enough. Dress for the conditions. Obvious. Keep a cold weather safety kit in your vehicle. Emergency blankets, candles, matches. I read something about a candle can keep you warm inside Mm. your vehicle for hours. Wow. You wouldn't think that. Yeah. Yeah. So Makes sense. Easy enough. It was a quick, simple one. Really good uh, stuff. We don't have to worry about that too much here. Close call this past week, though. Jeez, <laughs> up in the tiny piney, three feet of snow. I know. Good thing you weren't there. You wouldn't be here. Good thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get on with our guests this evening. Um, our esteemed guest this evening, I should say, is Davey McDowell. And let me tell you a little bit about him before we uh, loop him in here. Davey graduated with a uh, BS in agricultural engineering from Clemson University. Go Tigers. He has been with the National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying, better known as NCWS, for just over 20 years. And he has worked his way up through the ranks, as they say, now being the chief operating officer. He holds a PE license in South Carolina. And a little nugget of information about Davey. This is really cool, actually. He's got three daughters who all finished college with engineering degrees. Pretty cool stuff, right? Absolutely. So, uh, Davey, first of all, welcome to the Geoholics. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Um, assuming you're a huge Tigers fan then, correct? Uh, yeah, go to the, pretty much go to every football game, home football game anyway. Wow, that's I, awesome. I live in, uh, yeah, so I live in Clemson. And so it's, it's one of those things where uh, if you live here, you either embrace it and, and live it every Saturday when they're yep. in town or you go out of town. So uh, yep. Yep. I'm sure that atmosphere that atmosphere's got to be game. unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun. Yep. So I got to tell you this. I may have I, any chance I get to rail on like Ohio State fans, I take advantage <laughs> of it. Just I can't stand them. But uh, my wife, the lovely Megan, and I went to the the Clemson Ohio State 
championship game a couple of years ago when it was here in Arizona. And uh, first of all, I mean, it was a great game. You know, honestly, when we went to the game, we didn't really care who won. We just wanted to experience it. But by the end of the game, we were huge Clemson fans just because the Ohio State fans were just so obnoxious. And uh, <laughs> Clemson won the game, which was awesome. And uh, it was a good night all around. But it just made my hatred for Ohio State that much deeper, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you, you also mentioned that you like to go to concerts, and I'm just curious, you know, pre-COVID, of course, what was the last concert you saw? Ooh, wow. Let me see. Well, I went and saw, um, uh, it's, it's a group called the Marcus King Band. I know them. If if, okay. Yep. If, you, if you, all right, so Marcus King Band, and Marcus King is, is somewhat of a local guy mm-hmm. uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. If you've never heard those, they kind of play a blues, yep. bluesy rock, so um, actually, the drummer, a guy, a kid named, I call him a kid because I, I drove him to school, uh, a, a kid named uh, Jack Ryan is wow. the drummer for that band. And so they played and uh, a group of us, uh, I guess his, his parents, friends, a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of old timers went and went and watched him play. So yeah, that's probably the last one I've, I've been to. That's really cool. And coincidentally, Jaybird. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our friends of the program, um, he is developed or has developed Land Surveyors United. Um, he used to live across the street from Marcus King. Really? Yeah. Huh. How the heck did you find this out? He told me. He told me. <laughs> and, and, and actually, Jaybird said, if you ever want Marcus King to write you guys like a, you know, a, a, a geoholics song or whatever. A theme song of Yeah, sorts? he'd probably be willing to do it. Oh, man. We should do that now that we got this fancy new sound. We should board. do that. We yeah. should do that. I have to admit, yeah. I've never heard of Marcus King. The first time I did was on Jaybird's episode. I remember him yeah, saying that. Yeah, we used his, uh, one of his songs, as a yep. matter of fact. There you go. That's how I know it. Yep, awesome. yep, yep. Very cool. So tell us about, before we get into the the, the, the meat of this here, tell us about the uh, a day in the life of the COO of NCWS. Well, you know, that's one of the... I've, it, it would, it's probably hard to just to describe, you know, most people are going to be bored to death by probably what, what I do. But um, for the most part, you know, I spent uh, an early part of my life as an engineer um, and out in the field a lot. And then I, I moved to, took a job with NCWS almost 20 years ago. And since that time, it's been mostly office work, but a day in the life typically is um, communicating either via email, phone, or this wonderful Zoom platform in, in here, lo, here recently um, with our member boards, um, folks that are members of our committees. Uh, NCWS is a, a national nonprofit organization, you know, com, you know, composed of the engineering and surveying boards all across the country. So when it's all said and done, there's 69 boards. And hmm. I can explain that probably further if if, if you want to know how we get from 50 states and five jurisdictions to 69, but we do. Um, so some of, you know, some of our boards uh, have an engineering and surveying board together and others uh, have them separate. So, gotcha. uh, so for example, Arizona uh, has an engineering and surveying board. And I think the, mm-hmm. um, the architects are kind of lumped in there with mm-hmm. them. Yep. Uh, but then you, you go to Florida and they have an engineering board and a separate surveying board. So when gotcha. you look at that, we have a number of, what I would consider what we, what we say is surveying only boards. So mm-hmm. there's a number of those, but so it's all, all said and done It's 69. So uh, typically a, a day is working with the, the, the members from each one of those particular boards, as well as the exam committees that write the questions for all of our exams, which is what we're primarily known for. Mm-hmm. So when you say boards, just to clarify for our listeners, example, uh, here in Arizona, it's like the Arizona Board of Technical Registration that 
and yeah, and it, that includes engineers and surveyors and architects and a number of other you know professional disciplines. Yes. But those are the boards you're referring to, correct? That that's the boards I'm referring to. That's exactly right. So gotcha. Uh, whatever happened a hundred years ago, essentially, um, the states were given the right to regulate engineering and surveying as well as other professions. And so each individual state has um, has those boards in place that basically oversee the the licensure mm-hmm. uh, of engineers, surveyors, landscape architects, architects, accountants, nurses, doctors. It the list goes on. But uh, in this case, we're we're the engineering and surveying crowd. Yep, perfect. Gotcha. Thanks for that clarification. So, just a, a real brief history lesson here. Um, and I found this really interesting because I mean, honestly, I didn't wasn't aware of this. But um, so, in the United States, engineers and surveyors are licensed at the state and territory level. U.S. licensure began in 1891 when California passed legislation to regulate surveyors. 1891, that's crazy. Uh, Engineering followed in 1907 when Wyoming began requiring licensure for both engineers and surveyors. As more states enacted similar legislation over the next decade, uh, U.S. licensing boards began to see a need for a national council to help improve uniformity of laws and to promote mobility of licensure. So NCWS was created in 1920 for these reasons. That sounds like right. straight off their website. It was. <laughs> it was. I'm not going to lie. Hey, it's, well, it's accurate. I like it. Yeah, but it's, it sounds, right. so, it's, it's well written. Yep. Yeah. So, so the 2020 was supposed to be mm. a year of celebration of a hundred yep. years. Yep. Um, and of course it is 2020. So it, it wasn't a, a, a celebration of a hundred years, but we're going to, we're going to celebrate our hundred years sometime in 2021. Nice. hundred years. That's crazy. So I, I, I really want to drill into this um, because I'll be honest with you, before we had uh, Marissa on, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I really started digging into NCWS and, and I was not aware of everything that NCWS does for these professions. It's, it's really, it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. So, but let's first take a look at NCWS from like a 30,000 foot thing. And if you want to just kind of Fill us in. I mean, talk about maybe, you know, the mission and vision of the organization or just kind of in general what NCWS does. So I guess from a, a big picture kind of look, NCWS is, you know, there's a lot of words in our uh, mission and vision. You could read those and it kind of sound like that piece that you put together a few minutes ago is going to sound really good. But, but when it's all said and done, basically it's, it's, it's NCWS's role uh, to work with the, the licensing boards across the country to safeguard the health, safety, and welfare of the public. Uh, anytime you talk about licensing, whether it's uh, you know driver's license or an engineer's or surveyor's license, it's all about protecting the health, safety, and welfare of the public. So you, you, you kind of it's our role to set that bar uh, that basically says at this point you've proven that you can be uh, you know, turned loose on society to do whatever you know in this case engineering or surveying work. So from the big picture level, you know, we, we are about licensure. We are about advancing licensure for engineers and surveyors. Uh, we help the member boards by trying to protect the health, safety, and welfare of the public. And we do that. Uh, when you start looking at the services, then you, we do that by producing the exams, their national exams, uh, you know, taken across all of the 50 states and five territories. Um, we have a, what we call a, a records program, which allows for uh, engineers and surveyors to be able to be a little bit more mobile. Um, as we mentioned right out kind of the outset, uh, you know, the licensure is handled by each individual state. So uh, unlike a driver's license, you know, if I got in my car right now in Clemson, South Carolina and took off westward headed to you guys, 
it would be there whatever next Tuesday to watch the show if I can watch it. Um, you know, I, I could go run into Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, keep on going, right? Mississippi, Texas, and, and nobody would ever care that I was driving across the country. My license in South Carolina is valid. And basically, they, as long as I obey the law, I'm, I'm pretty good to go. It's a little bit different for engineers and surveyors, right? So uh, if I want to go practice in Georgia, I want to practice all the way till I get to Arizona, um, I'm going to have to get a license in each individual state. And so um, it's a little bit different, um, obviously, than the driver's license example, but it's it's still the same. I mean, it's the same basic principle that the state regulates it. Um, and so we have some programs that allow for uh, engineers and surveyors to be able to um, get licensed in multiple jurisdictions. Um, talk about the records program. I mean, I, I, that's like the one thing I knew that NCWS does or did does. Um, Talk about the value that provides to, you know, both surveyors and engineers. It is. Um, so the records program has been around for a while. It's kind of a, what I would consider almost when I came to work for NCWS, you know, 20 years ago, it's like one of the best kept secrets around, mm. um, even though it's not really right. So uh, it's, but it's expanded greatly mm. in the, um, in the past 20 years. So I would say they almost in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, as individual states have kind of uh, come a little bit more on board with, with acceptance of the record. So, so what the record really does is put all of your credentials on file at one point and one time, and, you, and you've got this whole package ready for you. Um, so it's got your education, if you, it's got your experiences, it's got your exam results, it's got references, uh, it's, it's got your experience kind of validated, so to speak. Um, so engineers and surveyors can use it, put this whole package together, basically just keep it up. Um, you know, every, every six or so months you go in each time you want to, if you want to use it um, and update your experience, and then it can be transmitted to any state um, for them to be able to license you. Typically, um, it, it happens fairly quick. Hmm. Uh, now, engineering and surveying a little bit different. Um, I mean, I, everybody knows that, but uh, a lot of the surveying, a lot of the states um, require a um, state-specific surveying exam, something that the engineers don't necessarily have to have to mess with. You know, when I want to get licensed in a neighboring state, I just applied to that state and and, and was licensed. Uh, I didn't have to take any kind of state-specific uh, engineering exam. Uh, there's some of those around, depending on like in Alaska and California, have some special circumstances due to seismic or permafrost kind of thing. But sure. um, the surveyor, surveyors do tend to have those state-specific exams that are required uh, to pass before you before you get licensed in a state. So it's a little bit different. But so that record is is one place where you can establish everything. And uh, once you get it established, it's pretty much just keeping it updated and, um, and gets transmitted when you want to get it transmitted. Yeah. And for people that are uh, licensed or, um, you know, their goal is to be licensed in multiple states. I mean, this is a, a really, it's, it's an invaluable service as far as the records program goes. To have all that information just kind of locked down in one place, it makes the process so much easier. Um, I do have a question, and I, I don't want yeah. to get too much off the beaten path here, but it's something that's come up on other shows when it comes to licensure, and I'd be curious about your opinion on this. Like you said, you know, every state, for the most part, has, you know, some different requirements to become a licensed surveyor. Um, do you think we'll ever get to the point, or do you think we could ever get to the point where there would be a national requirement? And I don't know what that would be. You know, maybe a two-year post-secondary degree plus X amount of years experience to take the LSIT, and then you know another whatever four or eight years experience after that. Do you think we could get to that point, or is that kind of a pipe dream? And that's surveying specific. Just surveying. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. You know, 
I, I do. I, my personal opinion will be it's, it's not going to be anything that I'm going to see in my career, which really mm-hmm. doesn't have that much longer. I, you know, I keep I keep buying Powerball and Mega Million tickets, so yeah. I'm I'm counting on that. But um, I don't I don't think so. I think we still have uh, obviously states' rights, it's, you know, constitutional kind of thing, uh, and I do think there are differences that are um, legal in nature between the different states. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, sometimes as I have, uh, I'm an engineer and I probably spent, you know, my life, most of my lifetime working in, and obviously in that sector, um, but, but have become more knowledgeable on the whole surveying side of things um, in the past, you know, 20 years, but especially the past five years, I, I was part of a, a task force. I was a, what they call staff liaison to it, but, uh, and it, it was, a it was, you know, kind of looking at the, professional surveying exam, the PS exam, and, and trying to make some decisions on it. Was it doing really what we wanted it to do? And I learned a lot about surveying in that time. I, a lot of the lingo, I, I don't really know what it means, but I know some of the lingo, right? And um, I, I just think that when you sit there and you're in a room with 12 to 14 licensed surveyors from around the country, uh, and almost everything that NCWS does because of our uh, national, you know, realm of work, uh, every one of our committees and every one of the groups that you sit on has very much geographic diversity. So you're sitting in a room with 12 to 14 surveyors from around the country, and and you hear them talking about uh, the work that goes on within their state. And uh, one, one, they work there, right? So they're licensed surveyors. And two, they're part of that board now that's been appointed probably by the governor. Um, and so they're, they're in the know. And, and so when you're Hearing, hearing those, those folks, those surveyors talk uh, about what's going on in their states, you do pick up a lot of information and you think there's some varying differences. And so it may be nuances, but there are differences. And, you know, as, as easy as it might be to have some type of national um, license I, or as, as nice as that might sound, I just, I, I, I personally don't know that we'll ever get there. And I guess maybe my question wasn't clear. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I mean, I personally would agree that each state needs to have a state specific or a state jurisdictional exam to become licensed there. But I think my question is more like, for example, you know, Arizona does not require any post-secondary education. It's all experience-based, right. not even any college whatsoever. It doesn't require yeah. any continuing education or anything. Now you go one state away to New Mexico, they have a four-year degree requirement. Degree. So you're right? looking for like a minimum standard. Yeah, so just like something across the board, yeah. you know, whether it be two years of post-secondary education plus experience, and then after you pass the SIT, you know, it's X amount of years experience before you can take the state jurisdictional part of it. Um, just because like myself, I don't have a four-year degree in surveying. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't get licensed in New Mexico for that reason. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that yeah. was, that was right. more my question. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. So we do have a, a standard that sits out there. Uh, we have a, you know, NCWS has model rules and model laws and professional policies. We do have a standard that is called the, the model law surveyor. Uh, and the model law surveyor is really almost considered more as opposed to a, a minimum standard. It's more of a, a, more of a gold standard. So it's going to be one of those that has a four-year mm-hmm. accredited uh, surveying degree or something in geomatics, um, surveying, uh, geospatial whatever they're all of the mm-hmm. geodetic term, whatever the, 
the, the, the course or the program might be at a university. So it's going to require four year sure. um, uh, degree in surveying of some sort. And then it's going to have also four years of progressive surveying experience um, and having passed both the fundamentals of surveying or the FS exam and mm-hmm. the principles and practice of surveying the PS exam. So it is a model standard that sits out there. Um, but, but as you alluded to it, 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 it is a, it's, it's, it's more difficult in the surveying side of things than engineering. It's a little bit more engineering is a little bit more standard um, mm-hmm. with the degree requirements almost um, you know, not every, every state requires a, a four year engineering degree. You can, you can make up for it with experience or maybe if you've got a, you know, a, a two years degree, a two year degree, but for the most part, uh, the four-year degree is pretty much standard across the country for engineers. Surveyors, it is. It, it bounces around. And you, you've got a, a grand example right there with Arizona and New Mexico, where right across the, the, the line, you've, all, you've gone from a, um, you know, no degree required to having to have a four-year surveying degree. And that happens a lot of places. It's, it's, it's an interesting um, dynamic. It, that's the other thing that kind of keeps... Um, keeps NCWS in business, I guess, to some extent is 50 states and five jurisdictions all doing it a little differently. And um, the public and and those engineers and surveyors that are wanting to get licensed all trying to navigate that. And we kind of happen, happen to be the national group that can kind of help them steer through all of those things. So yep. uh, yeah, it, 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 there, is a, there is a national standard, but um, it, it'll, be, it, it'll be a tough one to try and, and, and I guess, kind of push through to the country just because of the educational differences. Gotcha. Uh, two more questions. I, there's a lot of talk more and more about deregulation. Um, surveyors have been in the, in the, uh, I don't know, in the target, crosshairs. the crosshairs <laughs> in a few States for sure here in Arizona. I mean, it's been talked yeah. about loosely. I'm curious now, does NCWS get involved with those conversations? Like, do they provide a voice on behalf of surveyors and engineers? We, we do, or, or we will. Uh, and it is, it's, it is at the request of, uh, of a board though. We don't, we don't, we're not a preemptive group that's looking at these. You know, we, we do have some folks that spend their time looking at uh, legislative issues going around the country, but um, we're not preemptively going into a state by any means. So um, we, we, we will, uh, respond if a, a state board does ask us to. Uh, and, and there are a lot of um, more challenges today in the deregulation side of things than there were, you know, obviously 20 years ago when I started work with NCWS or even five years ago. Um, we work with the architects and landscape architects and other groups like that. And I remember someone from the, the landscape architects actually sharing some numbers. And I, I'm not, I don't remember the numbers exactly, mm-hmm. but it, it was, it was, it was kind of like, you know, there were you know, 10 years ago, there were five bills that we were tracking across the country that dealt with, you know, regular regulatory issues for, um, you know, with the, the design build group. So the surveyors, engineers, architects, landscape architects kind of group. And, and now they're, they're tracking like 150. Huh. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a much bigger thing uh, today than it was uh, years ago. And, and a lot of that's political, obviously, you know, it kind of comes and goes with the yep. um, political climate. For sure, for sure. So, talk to me a little bit. Tell me about the tell me about the relationship between NSPS and NCWS. You know, outside of really kind of working together on various projects, there's no real uh, no no line between us. Not even really a dotted line. Um, there's the National Society of Professional Surveyors, obviously that that um, works for professional surveyors. You know, without professional surveyors, there's no need for a national society. Um, there's a National Society of Professional Engineers. Uh, 
kind of the other side of the, the NCWS camp. So those particular groups kind of have different missions than what NCWS has, but um, very, we work very closely with both of those, mostly for the um, kind of marketing initiatives, but also uh, they, they do kind of coming back to the regulatory question. Most of those groups like NSPS and NSPE um, do have a little bit more local ties within a state that when regulatory issues come up are they're a little bit more prone to go uh, to the legislature to talk to to the legislative branch to to, to kind of give their opinions on things whereas uh, you don't really find that much from the NCWS crowd it, for the most part. Gotcha. Um, as far as like the leadership structure of NCWS, um, tell us just a little bit about that. I mean, how does that all break down? NCWS is made up of 69 boards and talked a little bit of that at the beginning. You know, it's, it's, so we've got the 50 states and five jurisdictions, and then some of our states have a surveying board and some have an engineering board, and, and most states they're together. When it's all said and done, there's 69 um, boards, and we basically divide them out geographically. And, you know, this is not going to be anything <laughs> stunning to you guys, but we have the Northeast, the South, <laughs> the Central, and the West. Um, and, and basically almost everything that NCWS does from a committee structure, from our board of directors is all made up in, uh, from a, a, a varying group diversity wise in terms of geography. And so we have a board of directors that comes from those 69 boards. So they are, are engineers or surveyors that are on one of those boards. Um, so for the, we have eight board of directors members from around the country. Uh, so for example, the Arizona being in the Western zone, um, uh, the, the vice president from the Western zone is a, a gentleman from Colorado um, who's an engineer he's named Brian Robertson. So he's the, well, I'm, let me back up. He's actually the vice, he, he's president elect. And then we have a vice president um, from the Western zone, which is a surveyor from Utah, uh, Scott, B Scott Bishop. So um, Scott and Brian both sit on the uh, NCWS board of directors, one as the Western zone vice president and one as our president elect. So, um, eight, eight members of the board of directors, and basically they kind of help oversee um, what happens at the NCWS office, which happens to be located in Greenville, South Carolina. So um, it, even, though, um, even though our uh, office, you know, obviously sits in the kind of the deep south, um, we do reach out all the way across the country and all the way to Alaska, Hawaii, and Guam. Sure. Sure. And then you have, my understanding is a, uh, an annual meeting. Is that just for those board, like those board members or is there a public meeting at any point in time? It is, it's, it's usually just for the business of the council. So it is the representatives from each one of the boards um, is in attendance. A lot of times there will be some other invited guests. Like for example, we always invite the the president and the executive officer, or executive director, CEO of NSPS. So there, we will a lot of times have, um, I think I've seen Kurt Sumner at every one of uh, the NCWS meetings that, that I've been to, the annual meetings. And so, and then a rotation of president or either president-elect of the organization. So um, we'll have some representatives from, from uh, that, those kinds of groups, organizations, professional societies, technical societies. But for the most part, it is just membership from NCWS. Gotcha. And now from your 101st year moving forward, what's the strategic plan for NCWS, uh, short-term and long-term? Well, I think short-term, and, and one of the things that um, 
you know, everybody, uh, everybody's been trapped in this twilight zone of 2020, right? And so I think as we move into short term to 2021, the, the, the thing for us, I think, is uh, as opposed to being reactive to everything that was 2020 is trying to be a little bit more proactive as we move into 21 and 22 is, is you know, is, is just trying to be looking ahead and seeing, you know, it's still crystal ball, right? But, but trying, to, trying to see and, and make things better than they, than they were obviously in 2020. Um, virtual meetings aren't gonna go away now, you know, this platform, uh, the whole podcast uh, industry has grown. Uh, it's just amazing what was probably big prior to 2020 has exploded through 2020 and now into 2021, just with all the virtual force. So, so I think we're going to have to embrace some of that as well. So I think that's one of the things NCWS is, is actually, even though a lot of things move <laughs> at glacial speed, uh, there are other things that I think we're pretty uh, able to adapt to. Uh, and so I'm, in the short term, I think we're looking forward to uh, being able to do um, you know, more virtual things, um, get back to a lot of our in-person type of work. Um, the exams are always, when you look at any pie chart that goes with our annual report, um, the exams are what drives NCWS from a monetary point of view. Um, the other services that we offer, you know, do bring in revenue, but our, our primary revenue source is exams. Um, and so constantly trying to make them do what we want them to do, which is to make sure that those engineers and surveyors that take our exams, that pass our exams, are competent to practice and protect the health, safety, and welfare of the public. And I think that's been our mission, and it's kind of going to be our mission as we move forward. And then looking at ways to, to make that better. You know, we, we are right now looking at the professional surveying exam and seeing is there some things that we can do to make the professional surveying exam better? You know, what we have today, does it work? I think so, yeah. Does it help protect the self, safe, health, safety and welfare of the public? I think so, yeah. Um, can we make it better? Sure. So I think we are, we're starting to take a little bit more look at some things, um, especially as we've moved into um, computer-based testing. Um, I don't know when, when or if all of you have taken exams uh, from NCWS, but I know when I took the exams, it was all rammed in a room with a you know a hundred or so friends of mine, yep. and we were all you know in this uh, quagmire, quagmire together of of taking this exam. So uh, it's different now. Is uh, most of our exams have converted to a computer based test, so it's it's a lot different. But you can do so much more in the computer based uh, testing world and. So we're, we're, we're morphing our exams to make them a little bit better and uh, testing in a little bit different ways. So I think that's what, what we see on the short, um, you know, on the short term, but it's also a long-term thing. Yeah. Gotcha. On that oh. note, I'm sorry. On that note, um, you know, like, like the principles of land surveying really haven't changed in who knows a hundred years, <laughs> but the technology is advancing so rapidly. How, how often are these exams revisited? See that's a uh, that's a that's a great question. That, that typically it's it's five to seven years 
um, is when we basically revamp the exams. And, and what we do is, is a massive survey of the licensed engineers or surveyors out there. So the last time we looked at the fundamentals of surveying exam or the PS exam, the principles and practice of surveying, um, we, we sent out a, a survey, uh, electronic survey that would been sent to, you know, almost as many um, professional surveyors as possible to try and answer these questions about what's important to know uh, if you want to be a licensed surveyor. Um, that's one of those times that we have with like NSPS would be a, that's a grand example of something that we would work together on. Um, so we bring in a bunch of surveyors to come up with a survey. I kind of hate that. So surveyors come up with a questionnaire uh, and that questionnaire is released and we use the results to actually decide what's going to be tested on the exam. So we do that every five to seven years. But that's a very, very good point. Some things do require moving up quicker. Uh, so if sometimes we see some changes in the industry, we will uh, accelerate that schedule. Now, the, the digital world we live in where you're taking these tests online and everything, um, I, I've seen it firsthand in my own house. Do you guys have somebody monitor the person taking the test? We Yes, we do. So we, at this stage, do not have what is, is kind of known as remote proctoring, which is like I'm at my house right now. I could be taking an exam. Uh, we don't we don't do that. We do require you to go to a testing center. Oh, so okay. our our computer based tests are all given at uh, Pearson View uh, test centers across the country, uh, and they do have like proctors and a group of twelve to fourteen computers that they're watching at, at all times. And so um, right now our exams are all um, offered in test centers. Um, you know that's it, that's a thing though. Remote proctoring is a thing. This, the universities have been working on it and figuring it out. And I think the testing companies are spending a lot of money to try and make sure it's more secure. Um, right now, NCWS is not in that, in that environment at all. Um, it's something that we do continue to look at because there are other um, counterparts that are using that remote proctoring. Um, we're not, part of it is, is our exams are, are probably too long um, in terms of time frame. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, the groups that are going to some what we consider online proctoring or sit at home and take an exam have two, three, four hour exams. Um, you know, our shortest one was really six hours. And so that's just a lot of long time for yep. someone to sit in front of a computer at home, making sure the Internet doesn't blink or blip and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, you know, keep on. But um, it's something, again, that's a that's a that's a good point And it's something that. I don't know that we will ever get to, but it is something long-term that, that we would definitely have to um, at least engage in thought and um, research. And in terms of NCWS, uh, who can get involved and how would they go about starting that process? Uh, another, another good question. Um, you know, in, in the big picture of NCEES, we are made up of those member boards. And so you almost have to be on a board to be able to get involved in, in most of the aspects of NCEES. That, however, leaves out a lot of people, right? I mean, there's only six or eight, 10, 12 people on these boards. Our exams are the only place really that we can uh, recruit a diverse group in. And um, so uh, you can go on the NCWS website. I think there's a place to check if you would are interested in working on our exams or being a volunteer. So we, um, if you're a licensed surveyor and want to work on the exams, um, there is an avenue for that. Um, there's also there's a couple of other uh, ways to get involved in terms of um, 
NCWS. One is 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 part of a speaker's kit. You know, being able to go out and talk to to students about surveying and about what it means to be a licensed surveyor. Those two very important things. Um, working on our exams and 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 in any of the different processes of our exams. So really, from a volunteer perspective, about the only way is is through the exams or either being kind of advocate for surveying licensure. Gotcha. I just have two more things I want to touch on. Uh, otherwise, Marissa will uh, <laughs> disown me. Um, <laughs> two things. One, the NCES Survey Education Award. Is that something you can talk about? Yeah, I, a little bit. Um, so <laughs> a number of years ago, uh, we started a, an engineering education award. And uh, at the time, um, I was uh, at NCWS and basically was handed it and said, yep, the council has voted. So the council being NCAAS to start this award. So it, it's yours, take off. And so I was the somewhat of the architect of that uh, engineering award. And we had it probably about five or six years before uh, the surveying award came online. So the surveying award is a little different than the, en- the engineering award, but basically the same premise. We are trying to reward uh, universities and schools that are doing what we consider a um, you know, just a really good job of not only educating uh, surveyors, but also promoting licensure and and connecting professional practice back to students. One of the things that we kind of knew through some of our questionnaires and focus groups is that a lot of times that pass down of knowledge from uh, academia to student is, is pretty much you know, a, a dump of knowledge, you know, of, of technical stuff um, and not like what they might have to do once you get out of school. Like all of a sudden, oh, I got to take this exam. Why? Well, you got to get licensed. Why do I have to get licensed? And so we, we realized there was a disconnect and and not everywhere, but there's just a disconnect between some of the things going on and uh, being taught. And so we started rewarding programs, both on the engineering side and well as the surveying side. Um, that, that do a good job of connecting professional practice um, to the students. And so, um, you know, we've had uh, programs been going on maybe three or four years now. Um, we've had anywhere of upwards to 30 different schools apply. And, and we have a, a team or jury panel of surveyors from around the country that come in and, and look at these submissions. And basically the submissions are answering some questions uh, about their students and about how they do uh, how they go about connecting uh, in, um, surveyors to professional surveyors, um, what they're doing in terms of their surveying education and recruiting more students into surveying, outreach. Uh, but it's also a little bit of a sales job, right? So it's, it's kind of a closes with a, a summary of, of here's, here's why we would like you to reward our, our program, this surveying program, because we do uh, these things. And so it's, it's, it's a nice way for surveying programs to kind of not only get a little bit of money, but also get a little bit of notoriety as, as well as some publicity. And you said a little bit of money. Some of these cash awards are pretty generous. <laughs> yeah, so it's 25000 So yeah, it's $25,000 to the, I, I mean, obviously in the NCWS world, you know, $25,000 is, is not going to make or break us. I, I would love you would love, right? A uh, check for twenty five thousand. But uh, the schools, you know, and a lot of times for a program that's it's that's uh, small, because you know, none of the, I don't I don't I say none of I, I don't think many of the surveying programs out there are are just busting at the seams. There's some mm-hmm. online programs that might have a, a, you know a decent amount of uh, of students, but I, so I think for a small program at a school, uh, you know, twenty five thousand uh, dollars or fifteen thousand, which is a, a runner up prize, or even ten thousand, because we have 
uh, twenty five thousand goes to the, the the winner, and then we have three fifteen thousand dollar prizes and three ten thousand dollar prizes. Any of those mm-hmm. um, is some money that they can spend, and we don't we don't ask them. You know, there's no it's not earmarked in any which way. It, it's a, uh, a gift from us to that school, and that program can do what they want to with that money. They can put it back into uh, equipment. They can put it into laboratory equipment. Uh, they can put it into um, more marketing efforts for the school to try and get more surveyors to to attend. So they can do it, you know, kind of, obviously we, we want them to spend it wisely, but um, it's, it's kind of theirs to do what they, they think is best. Yep, for sure. So if there's a, a survey or geomatics program out there or a member of those programs listening, and they would be interested in finding out more about this award opportunity, what are they, what's the best thing for them to do? Just go to the website? Yeah, so the NCWS website, um, there's a whole educator section. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you may have to look for it. You may have to search. But I, I know if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there is a, a line there that, that talks about surveying and engineering education awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then it's a matter of just kind of putting together a submission packet. Um, I, don't, I don't know timelines exactly, but typically the timeline for getting those in is in the May timeframe because our jury panel meets in late, uh, late June. So the surveyors will all come in in late June and put together and, and review all of those packets. It's going to be different. Obviously, uh, 2020, we had to cancel the awards just because of, um, again, it was all reaction to everything that was going on from a pandemic point of view. Sure. But hopefully, um, you know, universities and schools have had to continue to teach, right? I mean, they, they may, it may be different, but they've had to continue to, to um, you know, teach subjects and, and get kids educated. So, um Hopefully, we'll, we will have a number of submissions to kind of uh, look through and obviously um, somebody get awarded the $25,000 grand prize. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty exciting. And then the last thing I've got is uh, the Future City competition. Mm-hmm. Again, another one of those outreach things that uh, NCWS has worked on through the years, um, Discover E, which used to be called E-Week, um, mm-hmm. is, is all part of that um, kind of outreach effort to the the younger crowd you know middle schools maybe maybe even elementary schools uh, NCWS and it's you know our, our basic marketing and and outreach has typically been to the public and to um, young engineers and surveyors trying to get them to understand licensure and become licensed most of our work does not really uh, you know, our mission is about licensure and it's about safeguarding the health, safety, and welfare of the public. It's not about trying to get kids to go into surveying or kids to go into engineering. However, that said, if no kids go into engineering, no kids go into surveying, then we're not going to have an exam to give them. There's no reason to have an exam. So uh, obviously, you got you to have uh, an efforts in those areas. And, and future cities just seem to be a great way to, do, uh, to get involved. Future cities is, you know, where a group of middle school students are putting together these packages of uh, a model and research on a particular topic each and every year. It's a little bit different and they present it. Um, one of the awards though is best surveying practices. So that's an award that NCWS gives um, throughout the, the country, whether it's in a regional competition or the national competition. I have, I've never been to a regional competition. I've been to the national competition and I can honestly say I have never been more impressed with, with, a group of middle school students being able to stand up in uh, front of the lights and crowd of a thousand people and um, answer questions and give a presentation. And they, they seem to know more about um, 
engineering that I know, but, um, but it is, but surveying is a big part of that too. So it's part of the uh, outreach efforts that we do um, uh, as, as, as they're designing these projects and designing these cities is to, to keep best practices of surveying in mind. And uh, I think they've, uh, the kids are really learning a little bit about surveying at that point. Um, as you know, uh, a lot of times when you ask, if you were to ask somebody, you know, who's a surveyor, what's a surveyor, you're going to get a variety of answers. You know, we did some of those kind of things, the man on the street questions where we would ask somebody what a surveyor is. And it's always, you know, the man with the thingy who's holding, you know, a telescope and he's standing in the road kind of thing. And, and so, so the ability to, to get to a group of middle schoolers and be able to explain what surveyors and what engineers do, I think is, is, is a definite step in, in the right direction. It's a very positive step. So for you personally, beyond NCWS or wherever, what motivates you on a daily basis? And what are you most excited about, hopefully, post-pandemic 2021? <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, th- this is one of those things that if, if you, if you kind of came up with a, a life slogan or whatever, um, it, it does change. It, it, you know, it's, it kind of changes through your years when I'm, 25, it's different than when I was 40 and it's different when I'm 55, right? So it's kind of funny because um, when my kids were, were younger, um, I, I used to give them this little slogan. I, I kind of, it was like my mantra or whatever was like, um, if you lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas. Mm. And so it was just kind of a, and so, classic. yeah, so, so it's so right. So, you know, it was a song way back when, and I'm sure it's a, you know, it's, it's, so it's kind of my little, fun. but now as I, I've moved on, you know, it's kind of like, ah, eh, they, apparently they, they've, or have some redeeming qualities, right? So they all went to college. They uh, all three finished in engineering and, and now they are actually productive citizens, right? They're paying <laughs> taxes and uh, one's a civil engineer and the other two are industrial engineers. And so they make me proud from that perspective. So I can't really use the lie down with dogs, you get it with fleas thing. Cause they've apparently, you know, there's no fleas. <laughs> right. So they, 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 they moved on past that. So I've got to come up with something new. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to come up with, but I, I'll, I'll come up with something. I do have a, a brand new grandbaby. So oh, that's nice. the, maybe, yeah. yeah Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it is. So we will, uh, well, I don't know. I'll come up with something for him, but, uh, yep. I, you know, whatever kind of motivates me is, I don't know. I, I do enjoy, I enjoy the people. Um, I don't want to, this doesn't need to be a long winded thing, but I, I will say this 20 years ago, 21 years ago, when my first job, my first day on the job at NCWS, I walked into a group of volunteers and it was 12 chemical engineers uh, who had come to work in the exam. And I have never seen a more passionate group of people that were there basically for free. Uh, we pay for their way in, you know, we pay for their incidentals, but they were there given their time uh, and their expertise and their knowledge, which is a, an incredible gift uh, to NCWS. And I thought, you know, this, this, is, a, this is a good group. Uh, these people have, have passion about the engineering profession. In this case, it was chemical engineers. Uh, but I've seen it for 20 years now and every one of the disciplines in surveying and engineering. And uh, it's, it's, so it's fun. So it's one of those things where um, we don't get to do it in person like we normally do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to having those in-person meetings again, because I learned something new uh, from, from, from the engineers and surveyors uh, that we work with every day. Uh, so it's, it's kind of fun. So we have a good group of, uh, you know, staff, but it's also, we have 
thousands of volunteers and and it's it is it is refreshing refreshing to be able to work with people who um who really care and they have a passion for the surveying and engineering fields well i was going to ask my mantra question next but he already kind of covered it man he covered it but you know he's got a grandbaby so i'm just going to give him one that says like believe in dabbo yeah, there you go. <laughs> and Dabo we trust. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> What's Dabo's uh, line for president in 2024 there, PJ? I don't know. Well, plus like a million. Plus a million. <laughs> higher or lower than Portnoy? <laughs> a little, little higher. <laughs> higher. <laughs> right on. All right, Davey, I'll tell you what. We've covered everything I was hoping we would get to, which is awesome. Is there anything that maybe we haven't touched on that you want to get out there? No, yeah, I guess I, nothing. No, I, I, it's been it's been fun, and it's uh, it's, it's a – you know, it's a, it's a topic that's not always a um, uh, sexy topic to talk about licensure in any image way, but but it, it, it's kind of interesting, I think, for a lot of people because it's kind of like an mm-hmm. unknown thing, uh, for sure. you know. I, and so, um, I do appreciate the the ability to to, to come on and, and talk a little bit about it. No, absolutely, we appreciate you taking the time to do so. Um, Anything you got? Anything shoots? No, it, like you said, it's not the sexiest thing, but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. So. And like I said in the beginning, I mean, there's so much that NCEES does that I wasn't aware of. So, um, I think this is another another awesome value adding as show, said. as we say, right? Well, I got to ask one final thing: Is it NCEES or NCEES? Everybody, <laughs> you, you guys were interchanging it so much throughout the it's episode. It's the same. It's interchangeable. <sighs> you may use either one of those, so you can say NC. EES or NCWS. What we don't like is <laughs> NCs or NCs oh, or or <laughs> trying to make it a, a a word. Okay, it's it's a bunch of letters. Yeah. You can say it a double or you can say it a, an EE. It's just not NCs, right? That's kind of like I have a you know my shirt has got NCWS on it, and somebody yeah. asked me what NCs was, and it's like oh, that's a sausage company, I think. <laughs> All right. Good to know. I'm glad I didn't go down that road. (laughs) (laughs) I may have corrected you. I would hope so. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Mission Accomplished Boys. Absolutely. Clearly another awesome value-adding show. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all reputable reputable social media outlets by searching for The Geoholics. Download all of our podcasts from most everywhere. Don't forget to download the Geoholics app from landsurveyorsunited.com. And please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com if you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show. Please support our awesome friends of the program every chance you get. And be sure to mention that you are a geoholic for the VIP experience. Pay it forward. Add value, make friends. Sticks. Too much time on my hands. Also available everywhere. As always, be safe and healthy, everybody. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping, Inc. at atmlv.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc. at agsgps.com, Bad Elf GPS at bad-elf.com, Cobb Fenley at cobbfenley.com, Cyanic Automation at cyanicautomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey at GetKidsIntoSurvey.com. Land Surveyors United at LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays at MentoringMondays.xyz. 
Monson Engineering at monsonengineering.com, Parkland Community College at parkland.edu slash landsurveying, Safety Apparel at safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies at tigersupplies.com.